I want you to consider for a minute about uh, what is uh, your favorite kind of part of this time of year. When you think about the festivities, when you think about Christmas, it's just in a couple days. Uh, what, what is it that you like the most? For some of you, uh, maybe it's the food. Do we have any kind of foodies out there? All right. Sweets people that you love the cookies, you love the cake, you love the food. Uh, my wife, the last couple of years, we've kind of gotten into this habit. We, by we, I mean her, has kind of gotten into this habit of making homemade Chex Mix. And uh, I just love having that stuff around. It's, it's delicious. Uh, for some of you, it's the media and the movies. Any kind of movie people out there? Uh, for you, it might be uh, Clark W. Griswold or The Grinch or Home Alone or Hallmark movie. You know who you are. Um, and uh, you just love uh, getting a cup of hot cocoa and maybe some popcorn and uh, watching a good Christmas music. For some of you, it's uh, Christmas music. Any music people out there? Okay. Uh, and, and for you, it's all about listening and you probably started, I, would get, I find this about music people more than food people and more than movie people that uh, I find that music people, they start listening to Christmas music like October 1st. Um, and uh, again, you know who you are and we are praying for you. So, uh, <clears throat> And then some of you are light people, all right? Uh, you, love, you love the Christmas lights. Uh, Sam and I, the other day, we kind of got hooked and kind of binged watched for a while this uh, Christmas lights uh, show uh, where uh, it was called the Christmas Light Fight. And uh, it was all about these people that were decorating their homes with, with lights and uh, how, uh, who was gonna win the competition and stuff like that. And there is something, we're gonna talk about this a little bit more later, but there's something about like how dark it gets this time of year uh, that I think makes Christmas lights spectacular. I mean, you can turn uh, your outdoor Christmas lights on at 4.30. And you know, they're, they're, they're gonna light up. It's just kind of a cool time of year that way. And if you love Christmas lights, if you're a lights person, uh, you need to know that God is also all about lights, that God agrees with you. Look at the very first verses of the Bible. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, very first thing, very first recorded words, God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. God is all about light. God loves lights. As a matter of fact, when sin enters the world in Genesis chapter three and, and God's people have to kind of leave the garden, Adam and Eve have to leave the garden and they're separated from God. One of the things that God says as the Old Testament kind of narrative unfolds, God says, I am going to give you a light. I'm going to give you a light to guide your path. I'm gonna give you a light to help you make better choices. I'm gonna give you a light to, to light the way. And repeatedly throughout the Old Testament, Again and again and again, God's word, God's law is referred to as the light. It was a gift to his people. God said, I am going to give you this light. I'm gonna give you my words. I'm gonna give you my way. I'm gonna give you my commands. And if you will follow them, you will find your way home every time. So God's word in the Old Testament is intended to be the light. Now, I wanna show you the, the 10 commandments. The 10 commandments, uh, a lot of people know them obviously, but the 10 commandments really are just chapter headings of a lot of laws that followed uh, in the Old Testament. But the, the 10 commandments kind of give us the chapter headings of what God saw as really important. And I wanna show you these 10 commandments and I want you to think about as I'm reading them, 
what life would be like, how dark this world would become if we just renounced these commands. If we said, we're not not gonna follow these commands, we reject them, we're gonna do our own thing, how dark this world would become. And, And here's the 10 commandments. God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven uh, above or on earth uh, beneath or in the waters below. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God for the Lord uh, will hold anyone guilty. Uh, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. You serve a God who demands that you take a nap, which is awesome, right? Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not cover your neighbor, covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox or his donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. And it is hard for us to understand how countercultural these commands were at the time they were given. Because our nation, uh, the, the, uh, America, we have adopted a lot of these commands. We have laws about a lot of these commands. And so we have adopted a lot of them. But at the time that God give, gave them, this is not how the world operated. This is not how things were. And so God was giving his, a gift to his people, a gift called light. And he was saying, man, if you will follow these commands, if you will follow my words, then you will become a nation of light. And so God said, a nation of light is gonna respect life. A a nation of light is gonna respect the truth. A nation of light is gonna honor marriage. A nation of light is gonna honor family. A a nation of light is gonna respect each other's property. They will worship and serve one all-powerful yet personal God, and if they will follow my words, the light will shine. And as you read through the Old Testament, the light did shine. But here's what I want you to know. As bright as that light shined in the Old Testament, it was not the brightest light. There was a brighter light that was yet to come. And it may be the difference between reading about the light and seeing the light. So I have kind of a cheesy illustration of this, all right? So at my house, we don't do a ton of outdoor decorations. We do like two or three. Uh, But let me put the next slide on for you. And so it's the difference between this, that my family has a Mickey Mouse inflatable in front of our house, It has a fan in the bottom and it lights up and it's about six feet tall, all right? So I've just given you a verbal kind of written description of that that Christmas decoration. It's the difference between that and this. My kids were very traumatized that I left our property left, this left our property today, all right? right, It's coming back, right? No, it belongs to the church now, no. (laughs) It's the difference between reading about something and being able to see it with your own eyes. And that's what we're gonna, that's what we're gonna begin to see uh, in the story of the Old Testament, that the, word, that the word of God gave us a great life, a, a great light. It gave us direction. But, but the truth is, is this, and here's what I want you to hang on to as we end this first section. The truth is there was a greater better and brighter light to come. Will you stand? In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. 
Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and the life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He only came as a witness to the light. Here's what I want you to see. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent or of human decision or of a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. God is all about bringing light. He, he as you see it in the creation story, some of the first words that God ever said is, let there be light and there was light. You see it in the story of the law, that God, when his people were living in darkness and walking in darkness and sin had kind of permeated the whole world, God gives his law as a gift, his word as a gift to his people for, to, to light their path. God was providing light throughout the whole Old Testament and those were great lights. But look at how Jesus is described in this text. The true light. He is the true light that gives light to everyone. He is the true light that gives light to everyone. And I want you to think for a minute about the light that Jesus brought. Consider his miracles just for a minute. That I am reminded of a, a story from the book of John where Jesus hears that one of his friends is sick and is most likely going to die. And, and the text actually says that Jesus knows what he's gonna do. And so he delays going for a few days. And when he gets there, he hears that his friend has indeed died. And let me show you what happens next. It says, Jesus, once again deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there's a bad odor for he's been in there for four days. Right? The actual King James translates it. No, Lord, uh, he's been in there for four days. He stinketh is the way the, the uh, uh, King James actually translates that. And then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe you have sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice. Just imagine this. Put yourself there. Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and his feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Mic drop. Right? Take off the grave clothes, let them go. Talk about bringing light into a situation. Right? You show up at a funeral and the dead man raises from the dead. That's bringing light into a situation. And that's probably one of the most dramatic stories. But there are other stories where Jesus shows up to a wedding and they've run out of wine and Jesus ends up turning water into wine. Jesus is teaching people all day and they're growing hungrier and hungrier and he feeds 5,000 people with a little boy's happy meal. Uh, Jesus heals a man that is born blind. There's example after example after example of Jesus bringing light into a situation. Think about his teaching. 
If you're looking for something kind of interesting to do, um, do what I did with the Ten Commandments earlier, only read Matthew 5 through 7. It's the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus, one of the, the longest sermon we really have of Jesus's. Just read Matthew 5 through 7, and as you're reading it, think about what a great world we would live in if everyone just followed Matthew 5 through 7. Right? And you can read the words of Jesus in Matthew 5 through 7. Take about 10 to 15 minutes to do it. And you can see the light that he brought into the world through his teaching. Think about his character, his personal holiness, his righteousness, his perfection. Think about that the light that he brought into the world just by being an example to us. How should I treat my enemies? Look to Jesus. How should I treat people I disagree with? Look to Jesus. How should I treat people that are different from me? Look to Jesus. How should I treat my friends? Look to Jesus. That his very character, he brought light into the world. And we often think about the Christmas story. We all have our nativity set up this time of year. And we often think of it as ideal. But the truth is the world that Jesus came into was a dark place. Rome was occupying Israel at the time. There was pain, there was hardship, there was difficulty. And maybe your Christmas season feels that way a little bit. Maybe it doesn't feel ideal this year. Maybe it feels like there's struggle and pain and difficulty hanging over you. And here's the question all of us are asking. What kind of light is Jesus going to bring? Some of us, we hope that Jesus is gonna bring like a stoplight. Right, that, that whatever circumstances that we're facing, that Jesus is gonna show up and the light that he's going to bring is stop. This is over, this is done, this, this is finished. This hardship is going to go away. That we're hoping he's gonna show up like he did in some of the miracles with a, with a great big, this is over, this is done, I'm gonna fix this. And we, and we hope he's bringing a stoplight. For some of us, we hope that he's bringing a spotlight that we're facing a big decision this year. And it's like, man, what job should I take? And we hope Jesus shows up with a poof. You know, a spotlight, take this one, or who should I marry? Poof, this person, or uh, what city should I live in? Poof, th this one, and that Jesus is gonna show up with a great big old spotlight, and he's gonna tell us this year exactly, this is what I want you to do. It's gonna be like our burning bush moment, right? It's like, Moses, this is what I want you to do. I really don't wanna do that. Moses, I really wasn't asking for your opinion, right? This is, and we're kinda hoping that Jesus is gonna show up with a great big spotlight like that, and just show us the direction we're supposed to go. For some of us, we're hoping that Jesus is going to show up with like a, like a strobe light, that, that, like a festive party atmosphere, that things have been difficult this year, but we're hoping next year is going to hold a, a lot of joy and fun and party and blessing and, and good. And we really just want to know what he's going to do. What kind of light is he going to bring? What kind of action is he, going, is he going to take? And what we learn from the text that we've been looking at, and this is so hard because we all want to know what Jesus is going to do, but what these texts are teaching us is that in a way, and this is, I think, hard to even get our minds around, but in a way, Jesus himself is the light, right? He's, of course, going to do things to bring light. You can't separate Jesus from his actions. But today, I want us to center in on the idea that Jesus himself a relationship with Jesus brings light. A very relationship with him introduces us to light. That Jesus himself, it's not what he does, only what he does, I should say, but Jesus himself brings joy. Jesus himself brings hope. Jesus himself uh, brings peace. Jesus himself does that. And what, the reason we have all the presence on the stage this year is we want it to be a reminder that this, is not this Jesus is not just for me.
This Jesus is for everyone. This Jesus is for all. It is not just for me, it is for us. So this is the time of year where I start to feel the need. I, I wouldn't say I'm a full-on uh, Christmas lights guy. I'm probably more of a foodie, uh, shocker, right? Um, uh, but I'm probably more of a, no, like we don't believe you, see, no. I'm probably more of a foodie, but I do like lights. And this is the time of year where I start to kind of uh, feel the need to see lights. And there's a couple ways you could do that. Is like this year in particular, I thought about, should we just like get in our car and like drive around and like look at lights? Is, is that the best way to accomplish it? And you might see a spectacular display or you might see some guys, you know, that he put out the lights when he wasn't, you know, totally sober and they look really bad and all that. I, I mean, is that what I should do? So you could do that. You could just like drive around and look at lights or you could do what we did. On Friday, we drove over to Peoria and we saw the Festival of Lights, right? And I know when I drive over there, I know they're gonna be on, I know they're gonna be bright, I know they're gonna be awesome, and I know they're gonna be shining. I wanna tell you something about this Jesus we've been talking about. He's already shining with his life and with his character and with his teaching. After his resurrection, post-resurrection Jesus is shining as brightly as he's ever shown before. And I get the sense as I'm interacting with our community that a lot of people are looking for light. They are discouraged. They have lost hope. They have lost peace. They have lost joy. They are looking around for lights. And I want you to know, you don't need to look any further than Jesus. I can't promise you what he's going to do in your situation. I don't know. I'm not him. So I don't know what he's going to do. But here's what I can promise you and what I am confident in is that Jesus himself is going to bring light. If you have a relationship with Jesus, he himself is the light. So when you have a relationship with Jesus, he's going to bring you joy. He's going to bring you hope. He's going to bring you a peace that defies expectation. Jesus is the light and he's the brightest light of all. Yeah, in the Old Testament, we had God's word that, that shone brightly and provided a path for Israel. But we are told in the book of John that his word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And he is the light that is available to everyone. He is the light that is available for all. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for his light. We thank you for his grace. We thank you for everything that he does. And right now, we're uh, gonna enter into a time of just remembering the most important thing that he did. That his decision to go to a cross and to pay for our sins so that we could know you, God, in this life and in the next. So as we spend some time right now remembering Jesus' death, his burial, and his resurrection, May this relationship with you, Jesus, right now bring us joy, bring us hope, bring us peace. I bet there's some people in our community and even in this room right now that have been driving around looking for some light. My prayer is that they would know that you're shining as brightly as you ever have before and that they can find light and hope, and peace, and joy in you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. We're gonna receive a communion together right now as a church family, and it is an opportunity for us to remember the light that Jesus 
came to bring, that he came and he went to the cross so that we could have the relationship with God that we were created to have, so our sins could be forgiven and we could have that joy, hope, and peace uh, in Jesus Christ. And so we're gonna receive communion together and uh, uh, you can take two cups. One cup has some bread representing Jesus' body. The other has some juice representing his blood. And uh, then you can just hold on to those and just spend some time communing. This is communion, communing with Jesus. And I'll come back up and we'll receive it together as a church family. You are the light of the world. A town on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Uh, you are, we are, the light of the world. And, and you know how Christmas came to be celebrated on December 25th? We actually are reasonably sure that that's not exactly when Jesus was born, not to like devastate you, but um, no one's exactly sure, have a general idea of when he was born, but no one's exactly sure. But December is the winter solstice. Yesterday uh, was actually the darkest uh, day of the year, the shortest day, the darkest time. And at Christmas time, uh, as they prepared for winter solstice, they would start to light candles and let their light shine in the darkness because it was the darkest day of the year. And over time, Christians saw this habit of lighting lights and putting the light out in the darkness. And they said, that reminds us of Jesus. And so they decided to start celebrating Jesus that time of year. When the world was at its darkest point, they said, we're gonna let our light shine uh, the brightest uh, dur during the darkest time. And for those of you that have been found in Jesus, for those of you that are found in him, for those of you that have found your light, the question is, what do we do? And here's what I think I wanna encourage you with as we close this service is that when somebody gives you a light, when somebody gives you a light, the thing that you need to do the, the most is to let it shine, to let your light shine. The Apostle Paul said one time about Christians that we are supposed to uh, let our light shine like stars in the universe. And it doesn't shine because we're better, we're not, we're sinners just like all. Uh, we don't shine because we're holier, we're, we're not. The only reason we let it shine is because we have found Jesus and we have found his light. There, there's this interesting thing about light and darkness. Light doesn't run away from the darkness, it, it doesn't. When we see darkness, light runs to it to light it up. So when you see the darkness of our culture, don't get angry, don't run away. That is an opportunity to let our light shine the brightest. The darker the culture, the greater the opportunity. So when you see darkness around you, just understand, just kind of think to yourself, this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity to let our light shine when it is the darkest time of the year, when it is, feels like it's the darkest in our culture. This is the opportunity for our light to shine the brightest. How do we do it? Well, Jesus tells us. He says, let your light shine that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. This is the tool that God has given us to let our light shine. It is through good deeds. It is through acts of kindness. It, it, that, that is how our light shines the, the brightest. Good deeds is the tool and the toolbox that we have. And I think that we sometimes put a lot of pressure on ourselves that our contribution needs to be big. 
It needs to be bold. It needs to be felt community-wide. It needs to be felt uh, worldwide. It just needs to be a big act of kindness. But here's what I think. I think one of the most powerful lives a person can live is day after day consistently doing little things over time. And I truly believe a person that consistently does little things over time, here's what I believe. I believe that those little things will eventually change the world. But as Christians just, you know, kind of give up on the idea that, man, I've got to make this huge contribution, because sometimes we feel that it's so overwhelming and so intimidating that we just end up doing nothing. But over time, as you live your life, little things, day after day after day, they will make a huge difference. You know who I learned that from? George Bailey. It's a Wonderful Life, greatest movie of my, of my lifetime. No, no, it's... Uh, it, it is a great movie, but that is one of the lessons of, of It's a Wonderful Life, is a person who just consistently loves, consistently serves, consistently makes a difference. That is a life that ends up having meaning. So today at lunch or this week at lunch while you're out, leave a bigger tip. Uh, give a compliment this week to a coworker. Help a person load their groceries at the grocery store. Let your light shine. Let it shine. You have received this incredible light from our Lord and Savior Jesus. He has given you his light. Now we leave this place and we let it shine. Make a difference. Start small. Don't feel like you have to change the whole world. Change one person. Serve one person. Love one person. Let your light shine that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. So on your way out today, we're going to have one more song before we leave. But on your way out, we have uh, little flashlights uh, with batteries in them. Uh, <laughs> Merry Christmas, right? Um, and uh, uh, attached to this is a little card, and here's what it says. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And so we wanted to take these flashlights, and these are great for adults. These little flashlights are great just to keep in your car uh, if you ever need a flashlight. If uh, you're an eight-year-old, these little lights are great to read in bed. Um, and uh, that's what we have found at our house. This is almost identical to what my son has. But just kind of keep this somewhere where this this year can be a reminder to you of what we talked about today. That, man, I have received a great light, and now my job is to let my light shine in the darkness. And the way that I do that is through good deeds. It's not complicated. Uh, it's not difficult. It's really quite easy. One person at a time, serving, loving, and making a difference. So grab one of these on your way out. Hey, Merry Christmas. We uh, hope that we'll see you uh, back for Christmas Eve. Uh, God bless you. Have a great week ahead. Go ahead and stand. And uh, we're going to close with one last song of worship. And uh, I'll be in the overflow after church if you want to talk, talk to someone to pray. So God bless.